Welcome to Covenant Presbyterian Church in West Des Moines, Iowa. This sermon is part of our mission to bless our neighbors to the glory of God. We hope it blesses you. Let us pray. Living God, with joy we celebrate the presence of your risen word. Enliven our hearts by your Holy Spirit, so that we may proclaim the good news of eternal and abundant life. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Our scripture this morning is from the New Testament, John chapter 21, verses 15 through 19. Let us read together. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to them, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to them, Feed my lambs. A second time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter felt hurt because he had said to him the third time, Do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you used to fasten your own belt and to go wherever you wished. But when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will fasten a belt around you and take you where you do not wish to go. He said this to indicate the kind of death by which he would glorify God. After this, he said to him, Follow me. The word of the Lord. The church is built on a rock, and we just read that story about Peter, right? Peter really wants to be the rock that Jesus can build his church on, but he can't be quite yet. John's telling of the gospel actually skips the part where Jesus calls Peter a rock because we know that he's not ready for it yet. Peter's not even called to follow Jesus until just now in this story, almost to the very end of John's gospel. Just hang on to that little piece for a minute. John's gospel wants us to know that the church does not have a human foundation, except for Jesus, who is fully human too, so uh, that should satisfy the orthodoxy police right there. Jesus is the vine and apart from Jesus, we can't do anything. It switches metaphors away from foundations to viniculture. But, you know, um, not even the church can do anything separate from Jesus. This is really important to John's way of telling us the gospel. We have been reading over the last six weeks these resurrection appearances, these moments when Jesus' disciples found him or he found them after that very first Easter. And they have been about, again and again, the, the idea that nothing and nothing can separate us from Jesus and from God's life in the world. 
So human power can't separate us from Jesus. Our grief cannot separate us from Jesus. Human sinfulness cannot separate us from Jesus. Not physical death and not even, as with Peter, our unreadiness. To be honest, I'm not ready to follow Jesus either. For one thing, I, I'm constantly worried about how other people perceive my faithfulness at any given moment. I'm really hungry to love and to serve others, but I want to do that in a way that lets me see myself as the good one. I want to serve my own self-image in addition to serving genuine love for others. That makes it hard for me to really learn from the people who are closest to Jesus. I'm able to hold the knowledge of the world's brokenness or hope for God's transformation, but I really struggle to hold both of those things together. I'm not ready to follow Jesus, not quite yet. I'm not ready to follow Jesus because it is Jesus who makes me able and ready to follow. So I told you that Jesus does not tell Peter, follow me, until right now, after the resurrection. When the Gospel of John moves a detail on us like that, it's usually to make some kind of point. And I think the part of the point being made here is that it is the resurrection that makes it possible for us to follow Jesus. We can't just do this on our own. It is the resurrection that makes it possible for us to follow Jesus. Now, Peter has been trying to follow Jesus all along, but he's never yet been able to do it in the way that Jesus calls him to right here. Now, the Apostle Philip, he did hear Jesus say, follow me, way back at the end of chapter 1 of John's Gospel, 20 chapters ago. And Peter has, much more recently than that, specifically heard, you can't follow me. If you remember the story that we read of Maundy Thursday, as Jesus was preparing his disciples for everything that was about to happen in the next, like, 16 hours of their life, Peter says, I'm ready, I will follow you, even if that means to death. And Jesus says, no. You want to, but you can't. You cannot follow me where I'm going, not yet. And, of course, Peter didn't follow Jesus that night. He, he walked along behind him as well as he could, but then he hid behind a sword, and he hid behind denial, and he hid away from what it meant to follow Jesus that night. And now, today, sometime after the resurrection, Jesus calls that night back to mind and tells Peter, you, on the one hand, you've got to confront that past. I'm going to ask you this question three times the same way that you were asked three times if you were my disciple but I'm going to do this in a way that restores you, that brings you back so that you are ready to receive this new commission, not just to follow, but to serve, to be a witness to the resurrection, not on your own, but in the context of this new church that I am founding here. 
And Peter now knows, in a way that he didn't know before, Peter didn't know it at the time that he was saying that he would follow Jesus unto death. He knows now what it means to do that. He knows that following Jesus, even at the cost of his life, will connect him to that resurrection. After all this time, Peter is finally ready to start following. Following Jesus does not look like anything particularly impressive. It doesn't look like bold rhetoric or feats of strength and miraculous power. It doesn't look like heroic martyrdom. Peter will do all of those things by the power of the Holy Spirit as his story goes on, but none of those are about what it really means to follow Jesus. Peter had to wait until now to begin following Jesus because he had to gain some experience and some maturity so that he could know that none of that other stuff matters without Christ's resurrection. In the light of the resurrection, following looks like this unremarkable service of feeding the hungry and tending the vulnerable. Jesus says again and again, feed my sheep. Feeding others. You could say that's the foundation of the church. That humble service that is the way that we enter the resurrection today. We feed Jesus' sheep when we quietly drop food on those shelves out in the coat closet for DMARC, or when we drop letters to our legislators to transform the structures that perpetuate hunger in Iowa. We feed God's sheep when we faithfully prepare lessons for covenant kids on Wednesday nights or for covenant grown-ups on Sunday morning or men's breakfast or women's circles. We feed Jesus' sheep when we put on a goofy costume or summon the energy that we didn't know we had in order to engage kids at vacation Bible school with the Bible story of the day or the craft or the game or the song. Feeding Jesus' sheep is where we start. Feeding Jesus' sheep is what teaches us how to follow. It's what opens us up to each other's love and God's love expressed in others. That service is what helps us to see and feel the joy of the resurrection in ways that are more humble than the world teaches us. Feeding Jesus' sheep forms us in the shape of the Good Shepherd, the victorious risen Christ. Christ is risen, so let us come and follow. Amen. And now, a moment for mission. My job here as Christian Ed Director is amazing, and I attribute that almost entirely to you guys and your willingness to volunteer. I am constantly um, reminded from my cohorts in other churches how blessed I am to have a church that says, yes, I'll do it, I'll help, what do you need? Um, I know Heartland, Central, Westminster, they are all like, how do you get people to volunteer at your programs? And I'm like, I don't know. Like, I just put out some emails and people say yes. And that is such a blessing. 
And as we wrap up our school year and our program year, we will have our yard party this Wednesday night. You guys are all invited. Um, and we will just celebrate what a great year we've had um, for the kids, but also for the adults and the youth. So I want to recognize a few people in individually um, who have been there every single Wednesday night this school year for me. Um, you guys are amazing. If you look at your little insert here, I would like to call forward Ryan Danny West, Lisa Rhonda Elaine, Marilyn Deb, Britt, and Tamara. Come on up, you guys. Um, these individuals lead the station. So on Wednesday nights, um, if you're not familiar, we split the kids into age groups and they rotate around. And Tammy, come. They go to games, craft, Bible lesson, and music. And um, lots of times these wonderful people come show up on Wednesdays. They have no idea what I'm going to ask them to do. They have no idea if the kids are going to be well-behaved, if they're going to be unruly, if someone's tooth is going to fall out. So, you know, you just never know. And they come back week after week after week. And um, that is just, just amazing. And it makes my job so fun. And I am so thankful to you guys for everything that you do um, for the kids. And let me just um, tell you a little bit about Britt. So Britt has been working with our youth, which um, historically has been a tougher leadership role for me to fill. Um, Britt's family just moved to the Metro during COVID. She saw my email for like a youth leader in the Covenant corner, had never attended Covenant because we were virtual, and said, hey, do you still need a youth group leader? And I was like, oh my gosh, she was like a gift from God. I was like, yes. Yes, so we're especially grateful for her because she didn't even know any of the kids. She didn't know me. Um, she, yes, she has a, a Naomi in the youth group. Um, so she knew one at least would be well-behaved. <laughs> um, so that was just, just amazing. So I want to thank these guys, um, as well as I want to call out a few more people who have jumped in when I was short-staffed or had a particularly messy craft going on or just needed more people. Um, Carol Brazzi, you want to stand up? Jen Chance, Heidi Drake. Morgan Freeberg, Amanda Hardin, and Ashley um, Van Alstein Vetter. And then also, I want to recognize our adult um, leaders. So, CPW, Men's Breakfast, and the Adult Sunday School. That is Lee Cox, Roger Todd, Deb Kellogg, Marilyn Johnson, Nancy Prophet, and Barbara Todd. So, let's give them all a great big round of applause. You guys are all truly amazing. All right. Thank you for listening. Learn more about our mission at wdmcovenant.org.